What is up and welcome to episode 493 of Combo's Court and you know who it is. I am Combo. Punch down on that subscribe button if you haven't already. Today's show, Brett Usher, host of the Overstated NBA show, podcaster, writer. You could catch him on Twitter at UsherNBA. We had a fantastic conversation. We discussed, can OKC contend? Is the NBA ready for expansion? And the James Harden, Joel Embiid, 76ers, situation, conundrum, whatever you would like to call it. We discussed all that and more. Just a fantastic conversation with Brett. You know you can catch me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Brett Usher, I often see your tweets, you know, revolving around the Twitterverse, the Metaverse, so it's good to have you in person here at Combo's Court. Well, not in person, I should say virtual. I've been doing some in-person stuff. I got to get back to now the virtual, you know, I go back and forth, but uh, how you feeling nonetheless? Man, I'm doing great. You know, in-person's always preferred, but, you know, we got to do what we got to do. 99% of the podcasts I've ever done have been virtual, so this is definitely this is definitely the norm in, in this day and age. But, man, it's great to be on here with you. I'm a big fan of all your content and everything, and, uh, yeah, it's good to be talking hoops with you, man. Most definitely. What were some of your biggest takeaways when it came to Summer League? Oh, man, where where to begin? Well, uh, I was there. I was there in person. Um, I went to the games on a uh, Friday and Saturday. Me as well. Of the, of the opening weekend. We could have done it. We could have got this done in person, I, Brett. <laughs> I know, man, for real. And it's crazy because there were so many people like I, I would have loved to have met that I just know through Twitter. And you know how it goes in Vegas, especially that weekend. It's just like a whirlwind. Um, but but we did get to the games uh, super early on Friday because I knew we would have to um, in order to see Victor Wembanyama later on. So we got there for like, you know, before the first game. Um, I think that was like Denver, Milwaukee. Uh, that was an interesting one. I really like some of the young guys Denver's got like that. I think what they're doing is obviously um, outstanding. But when you look at just the draft that they had with the picks that they had to work with, um, I thought they did an excellent job. I mean, Hunter Tyson's look great and Strother. Um, so yeah, that that's a that's a nice squad right there. I mean, the highlight for me probably, at least of that first day, was the Portland Houston game. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. on paper, that's ridiculous for summer league, right? On paper, yeah, that was like the one I was probably most hyped for, like even more yeah. than Victor, to be honest, just to be able to see a man and scoot go head to head and that matchup did not disappoint obviously the two yeah. of them both both got hurt by the end of the game um nothing too serious thankfully right but just seeing them go at it was so much fun man they both exceeded my expectations especially considering it was their you know yeah. their nba debut in a sense their summer league debut so th those two guys right there were were major standouts uh for me i'd be very happy with those picks if i was you know portland and houston and their fans so um that was that game was just so entertaining, man. When like some of the dunks and the blocks and the Jabari Smith game winner and yeah, and, 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 and going toe to toe like that was 
that if I had to pick one game of the out of all the ones I saw in person, that was for sure the highlight right there. Yeah, that was a great game. So much went on in summer league in general. And for me that I almost like forgot about it. And you just reminded me about what a crazy game that was. What stuck out to me about Scoot was just his mentality. Like he was picking up on defense. He showed a lot of energy on both sides of the floor and men's athletic ability. I mean, he was probably the most twitchy athlete I saw at summer league and probably one of the twitchiest athletes we've seen in the draft in a while. And then Jabari, I never seen a player at that age improve from one summer to another quite like that. Yeah, it certainly uh, bodes well for him going forward. I mean, everything I know about him is that that he's a really hard worker and he's always kind of seemed like the type of player where it might take a little bit of time. And, and I think he's really going to benefit from being in a more structured system with a better coach, better players, better playmakers around him that can put him in positions to succeed. He's not a real um, self-creator yet at this point. But but yeah, you know, that's what you want to see. Yes, it's summer league. Yes, he's a guy that was a high draft pick going into his second year. Like you expect him to dominate. But he dominated. So that that's what you want to see. And, and I agree about Amen Thompson. Like, I, you know, I'd seen the tape on him, but something about seeing that dude in person, yeah. um, that level of athleticism is like we, we haven't seen that uh, too many times, man. And, and I agree about Scoot, just his mentality, the way he carries himself out there on the court, like the pride he takes on both ends of the floor um he's he's gonna be good man he's gonna be real good like he he's what you knew like right away you saw like a couple of plays and it's like yeah. okay yeah. and i know it's just summer league but but you can just tell it's like yeah yeah no nah, he's he's uh very legit are you concerned at all about amen and asar not because of their games because obviously they're great like asar's feel for the game just pop like he's yeah. just a really good basketball player who, who happens to be a an elite athlete in his own right but i mean amen that team is like really deep i don't know if he is going to start. He might not with who they have. And then Asar, like we saw in the beginning, he wasn't getting enough reps. And then that game that some of their veterans had to sit out, he got the reps and looked great. So I hope these guys get some opportunity and a lot of reps in their first season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Asar's got a, a great chance to start um, in Detroit, a good chance, maybe not great, but I think there's, you know, he, he could certainly by season's end. Um, he'll get plenty of minutes, I think in that rotation. And he was for sure. One of the standouts for me. Like I think, the first I saw his debut as well, I think on Saturday, and he might have had like seven points on like two for eight shooting or something like his numbers weren't great. But just eye test wise, yeah. I mean, he, he he blew me away, like just that same type of level of athleticism, maybe even a little stronger. And just like his playmaking sense, his feel for the game, um, his defense, like he's I, I, I like both those kids a lot. I think uh, a men you know, he's going to get minutes. He's he's probably not going to start because who would he start over? You know, he's not going to start over Fred Van Vliet, $40 million right, a year. Right. He's not going to start over Jalen Green. Like, um, he's probably not going to start over Dylan Brooks, at least right. not right away. So, like, he's almost certainly, I think, going to be coming off the bench with a couple other nice young players and and Kevin Porter Jr. and Tari East. And I think the three of them will probably all be coming off the bench. But they'll get minutes. And I think, you know, all indications are that, like, if – you know, if they earn minutes, Ime Udoka is going to give them minutes. Like if Tari Eason outplays Dylan Brooks, like he's going to get those minutes ahead of Brooks. Like I think it's going to be pretty egalitarian in, in that sense. But yeah, right off the bat, a man will be off the bench. You got to hope he's getting 25 minutes a game. Like I'd like to see. Yeah, I hope uh, so. And, and go from there. But yeah, he probably won't be getting like the full workload he would have had as a rookie if if they hadn't brought in Van Vliet, we might just have to wait two years to really see that when they have a team option on Van Vliet's contract. 
Yeah, obviously, uh, Chet had a great summer league, and we'll shift away from summer league. One other summer league point: you said it's a whirlwind. Like summer league, it's its own adventure every year, and you never exactly know where it's going to go, right? <laughs> oh man, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, you, you never know. Like I usually go out with a pretty big group of people. You know, not necessarily with them, but we all meet up there, and right. um, and it's impossible to get everybody together. It's impossible yeah. to like stick with plans. Like everybody's here, there, there We're is no plan. So you gotta, so, you gotta. I, gotta nah. I mean, you have to have some things that you want to do. Like obviously, I had two podcasts out there, so I, I definitely knew I was gonna do that. But when it came to meeting people at events, you kind of got to go with the flow. A hundred percent, man. That's, yeah. I think that's, that's great, great <laughs> advice for anybody um, who's planning on going to summer league in the future. But I do, I tell everybody, man, like if you've never been and you love the NBA, you have to go. Like it's the NBA takes over Las Vegas. Like it's, it's unreal, man. It's, it's one of my favorite weeks of the year, if not my favorite, Um, especially that, that opening weekend is just, whew, it's fun, man. Staying on Vegas, like we just talked about the summer league vibes and obviously they're going to have this midseason tournament um, I think an expansion team there is imminent. And I think it makes sense at this point because you talked about the talent pool being so deep, even around the edges. So do you feel we could bring in, I don't know how many, two to four new teams, even one new team and not see any drop off in talent? Are we at that point? Cause if we're at that point, it makes no sense not to expand. Right. Yeah, no, I think I think it's a no brainer at this point. I think the league could for sure uh, sustain, say, like a two team expansion, which seems to be the most likely was, was probably going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't think that we would notice a dip in quality of play. I think it would be better. I think it'd be good for the league because we get to see um, a lot more of these talented players that aren't getting a great opportunity right now. Like you could go, go down almost any roster in the league and like some of these guys that are like seventh, eighth, ninth men even like are starting caliber players the bottom feeder teams are like super talented from like one to ten one to it's, it's crazy yeah man seriously like even you know even houston they, they might not be a bottom feeder team next year they, they have been the last few right, years but yeah you right. go down that roster and like just like i said before like just having amen thompson kevin porter jr and tari eason coming off your bench when you're like yeah. a young team and probably one of the you know whatever bottom five teams in the west like that's crazy. And then, yeah, the guys are on the fringes. Like, it would just be good to get more players, more opportunity, see more new faces. Like, I think the league needs it. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope we see that as soon as that's possible, probably within the next few years. And, yeah, Vegas uh, certainly seems like um, like one of the one of the spots for it, just based on the way the league is kind of gravitating towards Vegas and with, with Summer League. And now this kind of, um, you know, just even the exhibition last year with Wembenyama and Scoot and then this midseason tournament, um, which I hope to attend in Vegas. We'll see. Any excuse to go to Vegas, I, I, I try to find, you know. But, yeah, I, I, I think so, man, for sure, though. I think expansion would be a really great thing for the league. Most definitely. A team that I don't think people are talking enough about is OKC because – you know, they're two best players. They've been talked about enough. They're super dynamic, but I do. And Jalen Williams, like he's a future all-star in my opinion. I mean, two-way player could create his own shot, strong, athletic, plays hard, great motor, winning player. But, you know, with them adding Michich and Chet, I feel like just if you look at their like archetype of player on paper, it just fills every need they had But when it comes to shooting the basketball and then rim protection with Chet. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, yeah, those were their two most glaring weaknesses last year. Like you nailed it. And I mean, it's amazing. They were as good of a defense as they were um, considering how young they are as a team. And also the fact that they really didn't have a true rim protector or a rim protector at all. 
So we can only imagine like the impact that Chet's going to have. Like they were the 14th ranked defense in the league last year, even the year before that, before they went into full tank mode, I think they were flirting with like top 10, 12 for a while there. Um, So they're just really well coached. They all buy in and you inject a rim protector like Chet, like who, I mean, we could talk about his abilities as a rim protector, um, but you put him on that team. And like, I think top 10 is a pretty conservative estimate in terms of like their defensive rating um, as it compares to the rest of the league. And, and yeah, the shooting is the other one because when you have guys like SGA and and Giddy and and J Dub, like all these um, great on ball creators, like those guys need space to to be optimized to be at their best, and and they've done great without a ton of spacing. Um, now, uh, Michich, he he's a shooter, as far as I know. Like uh, I know, like early, early, like when he was drafted, he wasn't so much known as that. But he's shot a pretty high percentage in the in the Turkish league in the Euro league uh, the last few years. Do, do, I mean, just asking you because I think you probably know more about the international scene than I do. Like, do you buy the shot? Yeah, yeah, yeah I do, and I think he's like that precision, like pick and roll type player that they kind of because Shea and Josh obviously could play pick and roll. But I don't know if it's their super specialty, you know, and I think that's him and he kind of fits that niche. And I do think he could space the floor and in the half court, he's going to really help them. You just need more shooting around those two. Um, look, this guy put up big numbers in your league. That's a, not an easy place to score. You know, he let uh, he let he let it in uh, in scoring. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, year before like, last, I believe. Right. Who says if you don't give him the same NBA minutes that he can't average the same or more with high efficiency? Yeah. Oh man. That's exciting. Uh, that's, that's definitely going under the radar. Um, yes. You're looking at it. Yeah. The 21 uh, Euro league MVP and then the, the Alfonso Ford trophy winner from, from 22. Like, so like you get a playmaker that can score like that. And, and I agree, man, about the pick and roll, everything I've seen, that's, that is like his specialty. And I think he's going to be great for Chet uh, in that regard, just having like this masterful yeah. uh, pick, pick and roll handler to, to pick work and pop, with. pick and lob. Whatever oh, you man. want. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. That, that that's an exciting squad. And like you got you still got like Isaiah Joe. Like, I feel like he's kind mm-hmm. of a little bit yeah. of a forgotten man, but you got him coming off your bench. He's as lethal of a shooter as there is. I mean, you know, like I think J Dub is a much better shooter than his percentages from last year would show. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he became like a 40% three-point shooter before long. Giddy showed some improvement. Um you know, he's never going to be a great shooter. Maybe the same for SGA from, from outside. But I think maybe maybe they have enough where we start. To, and, of course, Chet, you know, being able to space the floor from the five spot. Like, maybe they have enough now where we see even better versions of, like, Giddy and SGA with that additional space. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how they make it all fit, right? Because they have so many pieces now. Like, if they could gel with this team, how far away do you feel like? I mean, they haven't even legit made a playoff. Yeah, but I think they're a lot closer to contention than people think. For sure. I mean, they were, you know, very, very close to the playoffs last year. They were, I think they finished 10th in the West, got into the right. play and beat the Pels, then lost to the Timberwolves, but they were right there. Do you think like um, they're one year away, two years away? Can they be a sleeper contender like, this year? What, what are you thinking? From like, for like legit title contention, I would say maybe not this coming season, but the next one, just because I don't expect them to make any huge moves. Like if they wanted to, they could probably bring in a superstar. They've got, I think, I mean, they have, they they have one superstar already. Yeah. Oh, oh, first team, all NBA, 31, 31 points a game on great efficiency at age just turned 25. Like they've got, he's, he's as much a superstar as there is, but just like, I should say like another superstar to pair with him. 
But like, I don't think they're going to go that route, you know, cash in these chips and and one of their really good young players to do that, because I think they probably see like, well, either Chet or J-Dub or Giddy or multiple of those guys are going to turn into that level of player. I mean, and- like they could legitimately have five or six all-stars eventually, like level players, not they, they won't yeah, all get yeah. in because they're on the same team, but just that level of player potentially like two are already there. So. Yeah, no, nah, those guys are all going to be really good. And so I just I think they're going to kind of stay the course and stay patient and continue to develop those guys and gel and just keep this homegrown thing going, um, at least through this season, which like probably won't be enough to get them into like title contention this year. But like so if they got if they were like the five seed, it wouldn't surprise me because there's, there's the West, yeah. man. It's a lot of parody in the West. It's very close. Like a couple wins could get you from the, the nine to the five. It's a great if, point. You know, yeah, so like yeah. if they if they ended up being the five or the six, like above the play-in, it wouldn't surprise me at all. They won 40 games last year. If they won 45, maybe even 48 this year, right. that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. But probably just a, a step below a, a contender would be would be like their ceiling to me this year. I didn't speak to you about this pre-production, but I wanted to hear your thoughts on the Sixers. We could finish off with the 76ers. Not really like a um it's not too much, it's not really like a fun talking point. In my opinion, like, I mean, it is what it is. But, you know, when right when James Harden opted in to opt out, essentially requesting that trade, I tweeted this a while ago. Like, I felt like that was the beginning of the end for Embiid. And then, you know, looking into my crystal ball, then Embiid had those comments. He said he was trolling or whatever. I don't believe he was trolling, but that's a whole other topic. Or I guess that is actually the topic. Do you feel like it's inevitable that Joel Embiid gets out of Philly and looks for greener pastures? It sure feels like it, man. Um, well, and did you see that as well? Once James made that request, was like that like the beginning of the end for you, or did you see it differently? Maybe not necessarily the James thing. I guess it's kind of like a few things together. Um, like, I, but I don't know, man. I, it's the way Embiid, like his comments, and then almost the way that the discussion around that was framed was like, Philly needs to do more. Daryl Morey needs to put a better team around Embiid. He needs to, he owes Embiid that like he's don't, you can't waste. And I'm like, they had a squad last year. Like, I don't think yeah. their, their roster construction or their level of talent was the problem. I last think they year. have a squad every year to be honest. Right. <laughs> and I think, and, and, and honestly, man, I think last year was the best squad they've had on paper. And like, yeah. and, it, and it made sense from like a roster balance standpoint, like they, their, their main weakness the year before was depth. They added some really nice depth pieces, you know, guys like PJ Tucker and D'Anthony Melton and Jaden McDaniel, Jalen McDaniels, I should say at the trade deadline. And, um, and so, it, you know, and then you have Maxi Harden, Tobias Harris and B like that team had a ton of talent. I thought it made sense on paper. So, you know, I don't think the issue is like kind of what's been painted where like they need to build a better team around him because that was that was a championship level team, I think. And it just didn't come together in the playoffs, as has been the case so many years. And I'm also not trying to imply like it's all on Embiid or anything, but um, he certainly could have been better. James could have been better in the playoffs. And um, but yeah, it, it's certainly I'd be shocked if Embiid finishes his career as a sixer. So I don't know when that would be, but it wouldn't surprise me if he, you know, just full on uh, demands a trade at some point in the relatively near future.
Yeah, I think, you know, James is still a really, really good player. My question to you is, do we know the reason why he wants to leave? Like, I, I knew him and Doc didn't get along, but Doc's gone. So what's the reason? He got another he got another superstar with him. He got, you know, good supporting cast. Do you have an idea what his reasoning is? It's hard to say. Because um, he doesn't really talk to the media. So I don't know if you heard something. I'm trying to no, figure it out. No, <laughs> not really. I, I mean, I think, I'm, I, think I heard something about how him and Daryl's relationship, um, I don't know if it's like a falling out, but like, not as strong as it used to be. Maybe he's not happy about the way they handled like the potential extension. Uh, um, okay. okay. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell with James Harden, like what his priorities are. Like, um, you know, he's an we, interesting character because everybody really that I hear from really likes him as a person yeah. and even likes playing with him. But it's like, he's just kind of like not transparent with how he feels to Maybe the public or the media, and that's his decision. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. That's yeah. it's his right. But I mean, this is what the third trade request. Exactly. At, at some point, you got to look in the mirror. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it's tough. It's like you know, you don't want to be somewhere where you're unhappy. Like, I think we yeah. can all respect that. But at the same time, it's like kind of just like a pattern. And, right, and now it right. sounds like he really wants to go to the Clippers. Um, how interested they are in giving up significant pieces to get him kind of remains to be seen. It obviously hasn't happened yet. So yeah, it's going to be wild to see like what happens as far as training camp and, and where he's at and it's, but it's like deja vu. Um, so yeah, that's, it's too bad that they, they had a real good squad last year. Um, they didn't, they didn't come close to their ceiling in the, in, in the playoffs. And, um, and now it looks like the team's going to be taking a different shape next year, but I'll say this man, Tyrese Maxey could, could step up and be, like all-star caliber i think mm -hmm. for sure next season especially if james isn't there like maybe he could take a leap that that mitigates the loss of of harden potentially where like now you, okay you've got maybe it makes a little more sense that way even so they could still be a, a really dangerous team uh with or without harden but i know they want to get back as much as possible for him well brett there we have it thank you for taking the time where can we find you where can we find your work where can we find you on twitter yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Usher NBA, U-S-H-E-R-N-B-A. Uh, you can check out my podcast. It's called The Overstated NBA Show. I've been doing that for a couple years with a buddy. We brought on a producer recently. Um, we're on like a little post-summer league hiatus. I think we'll probably be recording something in the next couple of days. But yeah, that's The Overstated NBA Show. It should be available um, anywhere. Uh, we have a lot of fun on there. So check it out. Feel free to subscribe. But uh, that's that's about it. Thanks, Brett. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Thanks for having me. Anytime. There it was. Episode 493 is in the books. Big shouts to Brett for joining in. We appreciate you. Share this episode. Share with a friend. Find me on Instagram at one two combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. -O -O. Be on the lookout for episode 494 combo out.